0: Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome to a new podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. It is the return of old man game. And I've I've talked to George here on the podcast since probably before the Iowa football game last year. And George was riling up the... Um, the Hawkeye Nation, but uh, he's now stuck in quarantine. And or are you, are you in Salt Lake City, George? Is that where you're at right now? Yeah,
1: that, that's where uh, I'm. I'm residing at right now during this uh,
0: crazy little pandemic. Man, you were like um, right in the middle of all. This. So we were at the Big Twelve tournament, and the clones just got because they played Iowa State's game on Wednesday night. We're in the post game press conferences, and the Rudy Gobert news hits, and then it's like, "Oh, Niang's in quarantine." Like, what? Walk me through that, like four or five hours, because you were you were at Oklahoma City, and everybody everybody gets pulled off the court, right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had finished pregame routine and, uh, uh, they announced the starters and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like a delay and getting out and getting the ball up in the air. And, uh, you know, guys in suits ran out and, and talked to the refs and coaches. And then when we went back to the locker room, I kind of had an idea that, you know, either Oklahoma city didn't want to play us because Rudy really potentially might've had coronavirus or that they already had the answer that he had had it. So
0: uh, when that happened, it's kind of like the last basketball memory I've had for a long time. Man. Yeah, and that was wild because then like 20 minutes after that happens, Hoiberg gets sick on the bench at the Big Ten tournament, and he's like going to the hospital and stuff. It was just like all like full circle. For Did you even know that was happening? Like how I uh, well, No.
1: Uh, I mean uh, I had a I had a lot of time to spend on my phone and I saw how bad Coach Weiberg looked. Geez. And I, and I was just hoping that it, you know it wasn't wasn't the coronavirus which it wasn't. And um yeah, that was scary. I think it was, those first couple of days were scary for everybody. And now uh this you know, quarantining and social distancing is kind of wearing on people um, because it's taken away from the aspect of real life. You know, real life is supposed to be lived with happiness, uh, being joyful and not living life in fear. And I think that's what all of us are doing, fear of coming in contact with other people, fear of catching a virus, fear of
0: not doing the right thing with social distancing. And that's just no way to live. What have you been doing? Like, do you do you have workouts that you have to do? Do you have because what's interesting about your deal is that we just don't know. Like, do you could you could you could get a call any day and be like, okay, you've got 20, 20 days to get ready for the playoffs or whatever. Like, how how is that? Because I assume you live in an yeah. apartment. Like, what are you doing to stay in shape and stuff?
1: Yeah, well, the Utah Jazz have done a great job of uh, you know bringing over uh, workout equipment for us to use and to stay in shape. Um, also bringing over meals and food. So credit to them, they've been treating us, uh, really well, but you know, I try to get up and get a spin in and, uh, really just try to sweat every day that I can. Um, obviously it's tougher to get a basketball hoop, but you know, the, they say that's the last thing to go is, uh, the, the jump shot. So I think I'll be all right. Um, but, yeah, so just trying to keep busy and read books. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I have a podcast with the Utah Jazz along with this old man game, but it's really more or less just trying to keep myself mentally engaged because it's tough to stay motivated when you don't know when the when or where the light at the end of the tunnel is.
0: Um, the Jazz are utilizing you, I've noticed. So you're like...
1: How'd yeah, me you, too.
0: How how would you explain what what you're doing for them right now with this podcast? Because you're, you're just talking to – I paid a little bit. Of, and then you're doing that thing with Monte too. What's that thing with Monte you guys are up to?
1: Yeah, it's uh, Campus Lore Live, you know, where they have uh, NBA players or professional players in, in the NFL talk about, you know, college football or college basketball. And it's just been really interesting. It was supposed to be something that was going to go through, you know, the NCAA tournament and, you know – continue to do that we have i think five more episodes left on you know the campus lore live and basically where we just are having a conversation about what we think about the NCAA and where it should go and the rules uh that are coming up to be voted on and um it's been real exciting the jazz one has been real exciting just cuz you know I can kind of get in my element yeah you're and, good you know, at be that. My, you're you're good at that man yeah be myself and just get to know people and and have them showcase themselves, uh, you know, on my podcast.
0: It was kind of a bummer too. Like for me, like I saw a long time, I grew up a Bulls fan, really excited about the documentary this weekend. After they fired Fred, I kind of denounced the team. Uh, and I just, um, have been fought. Like I, I watch a lot of jazz nuggets, uh, some thunder when Deontay and Abdul are getting some playing time. It's been really fun to watch Matt. up with the Raptors this year. The end of the season, the way, like, they're, they're at the end of the season, but the way this played out really sucks if you're, uh, for you guys. Like, you were having your best, best season. You know, Monte plays a ton. And, you know, Matt was like, Matt was really coming into his own in Toronto. Like, this was really a bummer. We were going to have an awesome playoffs. I mean, hopefully we still do. But if you thought, like, how do you... How do you how do you take that in cuz man like you guys were on a roll.
1: Yeah, no, it really sucks to be honest with you. I mean, you feel like you were kind of gaining some traction going forward with me having the best year of my, you know, professional career. Matt really establishing himself, uh, you know, as an NBA player. Um, Abdul and, and Deontay obviously making a push with a team that people thought weren't even going to make the playoffs. So, that was a uh, that was kind of, uh, I don't want to say depressing, but disappointing. Um, but at the end of the day, like sitting back it has kind of given me a real perspective on, you know, obviously people's health and different things are important. And it kind of made me realize like sometimes people who are actors or basketball players or coaches kind of feel like their problems are more important than, you know, the little people's problems. And, this kind of has made me take a step back and realize that we're all human and all of our problems, um, you know, are equal because we're all dealing with the same one right now. So it kind of takes away, you know, cause money right now doesn't get you able to have a concert. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. you yeah. know, your fame yeah. doesn't get you to be able to do certain things like it could before to get into a club because, you know, there is no club or there is no bar. So all of us are suffering from the same thing because we're all human. And I, I think this should be a good way to show people that, you know, no one person is better than the other. We're all the same. We breathe the same. We bleed the same.
0: So, you know, just appreciate life for what it is and don't think you're better than the next. Yeah. That's well said. That's very well said. All right. Uh, I do have a couple of things I wanted to, to get your opinion on. I know that you're full of them. The, yes, um, I want to talk to you about this upcoming transfer vote for college basketball, I think there is a lot of different um, levels to it. One, Uh, I do think it will impact Iowa State and like very directly this year. Considering uh, I have no idea how much you follow recruiting, but they still have four scholarships available, and it's it's not late. It's actually still pretty early in the in that world. But I, I do think that the results of this transfer rule will. Impact if more guys want to like leave or not, but what do you what do you think about it, George? Like, you're, because you come at it from a player standpoint, should these guys be able to to transfer once without um, having to sit out a year?
1: Yeah, they should be able to transfer once and not sit out a year. How can you possibly make sense when realistically, you know, you have four hundred fifty coaches. I don't know how many you know coaches there are in Division basketball, but if they get a better offer, they can leave. And no punishment. They can just leave and go whatever. Oh, sorry, it was in the best interest for me. But when a kid wants to do it, he has to be punished and, and sat down for a year. And it, it doesn't make any sense because the players are making all the money. For gr- for granted, Like I mean, let's not take this for granted. There's some great coaches in the NCA, But like the product is that people are watching the players on the court. So you're telling me that we run a system in the NCAA where the players who are, you know, bringing in the revenue, one, don't get paid, not like the coaches do at least, and two, they get punished for making a decision that's best for them. That doesn't make any sense. Like, you look at Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. I go to Kentucky. I think it's going to be great for me. Uh, you know, my my first year didn't pan out the way it was. Second year, I'm getting a little more opportunity. I, I find out I'm going to be a four-year guy, but I'm getting – Two, three guys recruited over me at my position because they're the best players in the country. Well, what decision am I faced with now? How many times have you seen this, Chris? Oh, am I going to go somewhere and sit out, or am I going to go some, or am I just going to enter the draft and basically ruin my life? Have no degree, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, not be a, not be an NBA player. When realistically, if if this transfer rule comes in, I can go to a team, you know, uh, you know, even like us, uh, Iowa State can take a transfer like that and instantly be competitive in their league. Like, the, the thing is, is like, NCAA, you, you want to have like the most competitive, you know, industry, competitive league. If you put this rule into effect, it takes teams from having to tank or, you know, rebuild or whatever you want to call it, and makes them competitive instantly with one recruit, uh, you know, from this free agency transfer portal where they don't have to sit out. Rather than waiting a year, you can have guys – literally uh, the big 12, one through 10, be competitive because they're allowed to grab uh, a transfer that can play immediately.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get your point. Let me make a point here, and this is for a broader conversation. Um, did you see the kid yesterday? He's like the one of the top two kids in the country coming out of high school who's going to the G League. Did you see that story yeah. yesterday? Yeah. Yeah,
1: the NCAA is losing talent, man. They're just not doing things the right way right
0: now. Okay, well let me let me make a point here um, to what I think would be better for some of these prospects that we're talking about, and it would be better for college basketball. I think one of the problems college basketball would have coming from this rule um, if they change it, and I'm I'm actually with you. Okay, like I think that everything you said is valid. I can tell you yeah. from a a, a a consumer of college basketball, and I'm older than you, right? I'm, I I remember the days when guys would literally go to college for f- for four or five. A lot of times they would redshirt, believe it or not. They don't do that much anymore. And you'd watch yeah. them. And I, I really enjoy this aspect of the women's game, right, that I can watch um, Bridget Carlton and see who she is as a freshman, and I watch her develop all the way through her senior year. Like, that's a really fun thing for um, – for that generation of a college basketball fan. And in the men's game, you just don't have it anymore. Right. Because I mean, there's, I, I saw Goodman tweeted today. There's like 755 guys that have transferred already. Right. And you got guys going pro and you, you know, it's, it's very different. Like you're turning over rosters constantly. And I think it makes it hard for the sport of college basketball, think of it like a TV show, right? Because that's basically what these are. Like you and the NBA, like the jazz television network is a television show, right? And it's up to you guys to put on an entertaining product and then they can go out and sell advertising for it and put, people in the seats and then you guys get your salaries from that right like this is this all kind of works together like I feel like right. with college basketball right now it's it's difficult for like a casual fan when there's so much roster turnover you don't get to that it's not like watching you um is year one and, and seeing what you were. And we went through the injury with you and we did the knee thing in Kansas city when you got split open and we watched Monte was 150 pounds soaking wet when he got to campus. And now we're watching him in the NBA. There's these journeys, right? Matt Thomas, who was scared of his own shadow as a freshman and he's a assassin from the three point line when he leaves. Like I think that there's like a fear out there. And I noticed for me that if everybody can just transfer all the time, that it makes that even worse. So what what is the um, what's the sweet spot? Like is it just have a really great culture in your program and then you don't have to worry about it? Is it um, let's get some of these guys going to the G League, let's work with the NBA and have or the NBA needs to come up with you know more of a incentive for some of these top 10 15 prospects to just not even go to college. I don't know. Do you see where I'm saying with that?
1: Yeah, and I think here's what we're, you're talking about. Obviously, me Monte and Matt, you know, are totally different than any of these top, you know, five or top 15 guys. But the NCAA with this rules is not giving, you know, players the opportunity to evolve. And you talked about me and Monte and Matt evolving as players, you know, as developing and getting better and different things like that. And, And people evolve at different levels. Like if someone's coming to play college basketball and their basketball ability is so far beyond anybody they're playing with. Obviously the next evolution is, you know, making money, right? Yeah. Well, the NCAA doesn't let you do that off your name or your likeness. Like the NCAA wouldn't allow someone to sign a a sneaker deal or, you know, or an off court deal because that's, that gets rid of their amateurism. So, you know, they're not letting, they they can come up with some creative ways of, of letting guys use their likeness, you know, so it doesn't, you know, overstep like, him signing with Adidas while he's at like a Nike school You know what I mean yeah. But you have to let people evolve In ways that like you're not handcuffing them And one way you're handcuffing them Is if they're going out And, and I saw some I saw something before this coronavirus Where you know uh, Two students tried to like raise money You know for the coronavirus Outside of uh, by using their likeness And the NCAA shut that down Like why are you handcuffing yeah. You know harmless acts because basically it might take away revenue or make you guys look bad. Like that, that doesn't make sense. And it's honestly, it's tarnishing the game and it's sad uh, because you could have uh, the greatest product right below the NBA. Just if you tweak like a couple rules here and there, and people say NCAA is like modern day slavery, which is not true. You know what I mean? You fly charter, you stay in these nice hotels, you know, especially at the high major level. And, and, you know, you're, you're well taken care of, but when, when guys want to evolve as people going forward and, you know, you see actors, you see all these other people, you know, making all this money off of, you know, endorsement deals and, you know, taking deals for doing commercials and you have to sit back and do it for free while the, you know, the NCAA can sell your Jersey and make money for it. Like how, how would that make you feel? how would that make you're sitting here yeah. and you say hey uh you know i can go down and and do uh, uh, an ad for Casey's pizza uh <laughs> you know and, and yeah an and, and get like and get like $2000 right <clears throat> $2000 you know you're rich in college you you come off uh, and someone gives you a check for $2000 and you say auntie says no you can't do that but then they can go make themselves $2,000 of selling your Jersey at the campus store. And you don't get any of that. How how does that make sense?
0: Tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't. I mean, so then why, if it doesn't make sense, then why aren't they even looking to change that? Well, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like that's probably the next step, you know, like where these guys would be able to use their, um, Name, image, and likeness and all that stuff. Don't you think, though, like, and this would be my worry for the pro player guy like you, like, who's... Don't you think COVID and all the financial problems that could be, you know, shattering these these athletic departments here, like, I feel like that puts your, your platform on the back burner now. Where I felt like the player movement and the, the name image and likeness and like getting these guys some money, like compensated. I felt like that was really taking a lot of, um, there's a lot of momentum there. I feel like it's really going to be on the back burner after all this.
1: Oh yeah. 100%. Cause you got to find ways to put people sheets in. I mean, butts in the stands now. I mean, if we can't with this COVID-19, you got to figure out a safe, and a secure way to get athletes on the field one and then two fans in the stadium, because that's, you know, honestly how money is made. And it needs to get done, you know, by football season or a lot of universities are going to be in trouble because that is kind of a well-oiled machine that, you know, makes the rest mm-hmm. of the athletic programs go. So um, obviously it's going to take a back burner and, I hope college hoops doesn't suffer too much from it Um, because, you know, a lot of kids are looking at college and being like, why would I go play for free when I can make money doing this? And I'll say this because I had a tremendous college experience. There's no amount of money that can be valued into having a great four year experience at a great university. There's no, amount you can't put a price tag on that. The memories, the friends, you know, the special moments that you have with people, there's, there's no amount of money that you can put on that. And I also think going to college for four years is teaches you, you know, a lot about yourself and how to grow up and be an adult, because when you're thrown in the real world, for instance, nobody's forgiving when you make a, a million and a half dollars. Nobody's like, Oh, well you screwed up. So I'm going to try to lend you a help of hand. And when you're in the real world and you make real money, People are one are are trying to screw you over, uh, <laughs> no doubt. Two, and, and, and trying to find ways to bring you down so they can get up to your level. At least in college, like if I were to mess up on a check or you know do something like that, you know someone would give me the benefit of the doubt. Be like, oh, he's you know still learning. He doesn't have much. He's in college, and you kind of learn as you go, right? People are trying to help you. Uh, people who you know are successful want to lend you a helping hand. But when, like, you're 18 and you're making a million dollars, people envy you. So you have to fight off that many more people, yeah. you know, to be to be successful when in college you're kind of given, like, a, uh, I don't want to say a handbook or, like, a, a learner's guide on how to be successful. And, and it, I was lucky enough to be at a university where, You know, they had a lot of successful alum that, you know, were always willing to reach out and give me a helping hand and and teach me a thing or two.
0: I do think that's the one benefit, the biggest benefit I can, like, it's where else in your life uh, for a college athlete, are you ever going to be in a spot where literally every person around you is like trying to help you be your best in like everything that you do from academic, you know, you guys have so many like academic services and like just life, you, you have doctors, you have all these people so that's a benefit. The, you know, the one, let me ask you this. Um, it, I want to go back to this transfer deal real quick. If this thing passes and the votes coming up in June and anybody can transfer anywhere, basically it's, it's, it's the wild West. Is this good or bad for Iowa state specifically?
1: Uh, this is great. I mean, you, you can get, you can get a solid player like a, um, like a DeAndre Kane, right? Yeah. So you can get you can get someone that is the caliber of a DeAndre Kane, a Bryce DeJean Jones, rest in peace. Um, you know that can come in and affect the program, and or even like a Jameel McKay or or a Deontay Burton, where they don't have to sit out and come in halfway through the season, and that literally enhances your program to a whole different level. And let, let's be honest, Chris, right? You As the NCAA, you give the player the benefit of the doubt. All right, you picked the wrong school the first time. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? We'll let you get a free pass. You can go to whatever school you want and not have to sit out. right? But now, where people are like, I don't want guys transferring here, transferring there. It's just going to be like uh, AAU. Um, so, if you want to transfer the, the second time, it's like, no. Now you have to graduate and, and, and transfer. So, like, you're not really just letting... The, the reins go and it being loose, you know, you're saying, Hey, like everybody makes mistakes. You have a mess up, you know, we'll, we'll give you, but if you mess up twice, you know, then we're going to have to
0: be like, you need a degree to move on. It actually could be kind of interesting. Like I'm a big free agency guy. Like I, I love it. NBA free agency is one of my favorite sports seasons of the year. Like, I mean, I don't know, like we already have free agency in college basketball. They just don't call it that. But imagine if this opens up. This would honestly uh, be be great, man. Have have really, like a, wouldn't you, like if George Niang is a head coach, I'll tell you this. If I'm a head coach and this opens up, I almost have one assistant and that's his job. He's like the transfer scouting director. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't because I, I feel like... I was going like, to say a name right there, but I'm going uh, to refrain from I saying that. I know exactly that. what you're talking about too. <laughs> <laughs> but you you get what I'm saying though, like it just changes everything. You you can't you never want to be full on your 13 scholarships. Once this opens up, you always want to have a couple of those available. I, I almost think you should be doing that now. Like you're evolve or die, right, George? Like you can't. I don't think you can win in college basketball right now if you're not playing the transfer game. I always argue with my friends from Iowa about that. Like they, oh, we're doing it the right way. Well, you know if you would have taken some transfers earlier, you probably would have had more success earlier. I've said that for years. Like, I just think this like holdout on it, you have to embrace it. And I don't know, like, I think it enhances it big time because especially like you said, now the one thing I would say you thought you brought up Deontay and you brought up Jamil and, and Abdul didn't those guys really benefit from a sit out year though? Like, don't you think they're like, is Deontay or Abdul in the NBA, if they didn't have that year to kind of develop and hone their skills,
1: uh, you know, you you can say that and you can say development, but I think you know playing is your greatest experience. You know what yeah. what better experience than to play in these games? Instead, you're going to hold a kid out and and make him, you know not have the game that he came there to play um, and just to have practice. I mean that that doesn't make sense to me. And I've, I've always been a believer, you know, you get better at basketball by playing basketball and that's five on five basketball. And I, I just think if, if you make a guy not have to sit out, then you just make everybody that much more competitive. Like a team can go from winning 10, 10 games one year and get two guys that are, can play right away and be competitive in that league. And yeah, I mean, The game has evolved, right? Fred was kind of ahead of the curve, right? He was playing small ball before, you know, the Warriors were winning championships playing small ball. He was going after transfers before everybody was going after transfers and then was getting knocked for it saying that he was taking like thugs and and different things like that, right? But you got to be ahead of the curve. And if, you know, if you're not going to go after transfers, then you're just going to be stuck behind the eight ball trying to develop guys and realistically, you know, I don't want to knock our generation, but there's some guys that, you know, really don't want to be developed. Like, they like what comes with this. They like the walking into an arena, having 14,000, having the newest Nike shoes, having all the, you know, Nike gear or whatever gear that their school gives them. Like, they're into that. They're not into, like, the the hooping anymore. And I'm sorry if, if, if that hurts people's feelings, but not enough guys want to – put the time in and grind. They just like what comes along with it.
0: It's good stuff. Um, all right. Last thing that I had for you. I just wanted to pick your brain on like what, what it would be like playing without fans. Have you thought about that? I'm sure you've been asked about it, but like, are you, it's, it's become quite the topic in the NBA. And I, I don't think that there's any way you guys have the playoffs with fans. I actually think it'd be kind of cool to, put you guys in like some small gyms around the country and we could mic you up, like mic up these coaches. Like I, I and just go like straight XFL with the broadcast and get like really liberal with how we're broadcasting these games. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, that'd be cool. Right. That, that'd that be cool. Cause you'd be able to give fans like, um, you know, a, a view of what it's like to be down on the court and, you know, the actual sounds of the game instead of, you know, you know, uh, speakers playing, you know, defense chants and different things like that. It kind of breaks basketball down to its simplest form. So when everybody just started playing, you know, basically, uh, at a hoop court or at the YMCA where, you know, it was real quiet and only friends and family were there. Um, it'll be a little weird though. I'm not going to lie. Playing in a, you know, an arena with nobody in there or, or no fans and, having the game, you know, be meaningful. You know, it, wouldn't it be weird to see a finals game with no fans? Not, well that, that would be.
0: It would be. But, like, so let me ask you, like, would the best team still win? Or, like, does the fans not being there? Like, because certain teams get motivated by different things, right? And certain teams have better home court advantages than others and all that stuff. Like, it is there – I think no matter what, there's an asterisk – next to this season because it's just so weird, like to take this big of a break and not play with fans and stuff. But like, do you think the best team will still win?
1: Um, here's the, here's the thing. I will tell you the team that is the least messed up in the locker room and that plays with the, with the most energy will, will win.
0: So like leadership and culture will be, yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll Trump all. And, uh, in, in this situation
0: Because it won't be
1: like You know when, when it's the finals like You hear the popcorn pop and you see the fans In the stands like the moment Could could play an advantage Towards the more talented team right No doubt But when, when no fans are there I mean It's basketball I mean it's broken down to its simplest form It's it's not the How do I say it It's It's not the moment isn't going to get the best of someone Because the moment isn't right in front of you. Like there's no someone cheering loud, the loud noises, you know, you're not, you know, getting emotionally
0: over the top. Does that that make sense? Yeah. So I have like this romanticized view in my head of what this would be. And it's like the nuggets and the jazz. And it's basically like a glorified game of street ball. And you guys, are, (laughs) you guys are, you know, talking shit with one another and like it's really like it's basically like the movie white men can't jump but NBA playoff style like I have in my mind that that's what this would be like that's hilarious that is hilarious So you're you're telling me that's not what this will be like (laughs) no no I I
1: think it'll be real competitive and you know guys obviously want to get back and play but um (laughs) It'll just be different. It'll be, maybe it will be a little bit like, wait, catch up.
0: Are you going to watch the Bulls documentary? That starts.
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. I think every basketball player should tap in to see what type of player, you know, Michael Jordan was, and you know, his history and his journey. I'm really excited to watch. I know you are. Cause you're a huge uh,
0: Bulls guy. You uh, uh, were, you were a Celtics fan, right? Growing up. Yeah. I, gr- I grew up a Celtics fan what I thought, yeah, like, I think the one th- there's a couple of things with the Bulls deal that I think will really stand out to people. I think that Jerry Krause is going to be totally vilified and like people are going to absolutely hate him through this. Yeah. To, like to me, and I, I don't know, I'm the like the, George Dennis Robbins, my favorite athlete of all time, and it's not because he colored his hair and it's not because he had all the tattoos and piercings or anything like that. I just think like he was the perfect guy on those teams because he didn't care if he had the ball, you know? Like, he, how rare is it for a guy, you know, at that level to just really not care? Like, his his book is, I think, a book that every basketball player should read. I don't know if you've read it. It's called Bad As I Want to Be. George, you should totally read it. And, like, there's, like, whole chapters in there about how, you know, at one point in his life, like, he just made a decision. He's like, well, everybody wants to score. Like, what can I do to you know, enhance my career and just, and he's like, I, he woke up one day and he said, I'm going to be the absolute best rebounder I can be. And it's all about effort. And that's all I'm going to give. And like, I I think, I hope that this shows like how important Robin was to those teams, to that team specifically. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you follow Robin much If you? Do you remember, do you remember yeah. watching him?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember more or less watching him on the Lakers though. Cause I okay. was so, yeah. yeah, but you, you gotta have someone that is, uh, going to be your tough guy, going to be, you know, that crazy guy that nobody on the other team wants to mess with. Every, you know, good team has one of those. I mean, I don't know if you remember when LeBron won in Miami, he had Birdman. Yep. You know, we got the crazy hair and tattoos and, you know, the Warriors have, you know, Draymond and, um, so, you know, just going forward, you kind of just got to have that dude that um, people on the other team just fear, you know, and, and he fit
0: that mold for sure. Especially back in the day with how physical and nasty they played, oh, yeah. he was just as crazy, you know? Yeah, man, those, I remember watching those series with like the Knicks and the Pistons, like how the East, like, man, like the hatred within those teams. And then I remember the, the heat in the Knicks, like they get in like fist fights every time they play. They just epic. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's a perfect time for it to come out. I was actually really excited that um, you probably can't comment on this, but I was so excited a couple of weeks ago. when when our boy, uh, former Iowa state assistant coach Gar Foreman got fired, I said that I could finally be a bulls fan again. I denounced them after they fired Fred. So now I'm, now I'm back on board. So uh, little, little, little hostile over there, are you, Chris? <laughs> yeah, we played, um, we played the song "Celebrate Good Times" and uh, "Ding Dong the Witch Is Dead" on my radio show when he got fired. So, maybe, oh man. perhaps I'm a bit excessive on that, but that's okay. You are. You may be being a high school girl on this one, but hey, everybody's entitled <laughs> to their feelings. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right, man. Uh, we'll catch up either next week or in a few weeks or something like that. Hopefully uh, we get some news and you guys get the season going again at some point. That's that's my hope. That, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I want to do um, here at some point to talk about Tyrese. Um, you know, But the, we don't even know when the draft's going to be. I was reading the other day the draft might not be till like September. Yeah. Yeah yeah maybe they skip the draft and Tyrese has to come back to school. That'd be a shame that would be a shame, although if they don't get some more players, I'm not sure it'll really matter that much. but I don't, I don't yeah. mean that. I'm not trying to be negative, but they got a lot of open spots right now, so hopefully um Steve and the guys can can get a few guys here in the next few weeks. All right, George. appreciate it, my man. All right, you take it easy, brother.